You're listening to the Hunt the High Country podcast, brought to you by AltitudeOutdoors.com. Okay, guys. Welcome to the second uh, Hunt the High Country podcast. Um, we're at the new Altitude Outdoors gear shop, so that's what I've been up to all year. Um, I decided in about January that I was going to go off and do something on my own. So I found a little space here in Afton, Wyoming, downtown. Um, and I've been working with vendors and dealers and manufacturers and designers and whoever else errs to get uh, the shop up and running here. So we've been open since late July. Um, and I'm still, I still don't have everything online just because it's been crazy during the hunts with just traffic in the shop trying to keep up with all that, do bow tuning and whatever else. And then uh, it's finally starting to slow down so I can finally get to all that stuff. But So if you guys haven't been by or you're around Afton, Wyoming, stop in. It's a pretty cool little place. He's got quite a f- pretty awesome gear selection, um, more sp- specified to um, backcountry hunters and anglers. Um, more of the high, the higher end stuff that you know gear that we've used and and seems to work well. So yeah, I'm trying to carry stuff that uh, I've used personally at least at one point. I mean, some of it's you know I used Horn Hunter packs for a while. I don't anymore, but I know they work for the purpose. Everly sock, which that's actually a product I've never personally used, but I know a lot of guys who have. I have. Um, and then, you know, we sort of high-end optics with Zeiss and Leica, um, six-hour loophole. Um, and then uh, for kind of our price point, we brought in the Vanguard line, which has been actually really good. They've got a good warranty and good value. And then we carry backpack and stuff, um, water filters, elk calls, pretty much whatever you need. And the mountain house, everyone comes in for the mountain house. Yeah, yeah, that's been a big seller. And then our like our branded our new hats have been crazy. But I sold a couple hundred just out of the shop this year. Phone scopes have been popular. Then we've got a selection of broadheads and archery tackle. We do bow tuning here. Um, we carry the expedition line of bows, which have been really cool. Their new lineup looks awesome. I haven't got them in hand yet, but. And uh, game bags are a big seller. And then we do fly fishing too here just because our local fly shop moves about 30 miles away. So I, I don't like to drive an hour to get flies if I don't have time to tie them. To carry, I don't know, 220 varieties of flies with Rio lines and leaders. And we just got, got the Orvis dealership and just barely got that product in too. So. And they're killing them on the salt. Have you seen those pictures? Yeah. Uh, big brown's coming down the salt right now, yeah. so it's pretty awesome. Nobody fishes it because it's cold <laughs> and they're hunting, but it's pretty good. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. That and hunting season. So I had a elk tag that I hunted one morning with you. That was it? <laughs> that's the only time I hunted that. Really? Yeah. Just that archery when you're sick? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
Wyoming mule deer tag, and then in October we did the uh, in Idaho invasion hunts, which we can talk about that a little bit later, maybe, or on another podcast. Um, but that's a we did two of them this year. That's a fun mule deer hunt, just over here on some general units in Idaho. But they were fun, and we just barely got done with those on the 24th of October, and then uh, went out and shot an antelope on the 27th before my season closed, so I hadn't had time to get over there, and now it's just like cow elk season. I guess I could go shoot a cow. I don't know if I will. Take my, my long range down, that'll be deer. fun. <laughs> it only took me four hours, so you got time, buddy. <laughs> nice. So... uh I pretty much just hunted uh, deer and elk here in Wyoming. Um, we actually had a baby due at the 23rd of October, so that kind of put, I wouldn't say a damper because you can never say that, but it's, you know, it was a little bit more stressful to my season, so I stayed close to home, mm-hmm. as uh, probably was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Because don't want, Unhappy wives means no more hunting. So my wife was always surprised that you were hunting so close <laughs> to the baby coming. I'm like he's got the inreach. Yeah, he can be home in an hour. So, Delorme inreach is the way to go. I that was a pretty <laughs> sweet addition to my gear arsenal this week or this year, and it's been it's nice to know that I could. I tried to stay close enough that I was an, an hour away. So it worked out. So we'll. Hopefully like have you. a few years before that happens again, or never again. Yeah. But <laughs> Well, you're lucky you live where you do, because most places you can't be out there in an hour and back. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about our specifics of our hunts in a little bit, but while we're on the topic of gear, and you like that inreach, let's, what, what did you add to your gear selection this year that... Uh, that you liked and or didn't like so i'm running uh i did a quite a f- few different things you know i've been running I'm kind of a gearhead so i've been doing trying some different things this year um some of the biggest things that i changed is i actually um purchased and was able to 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 wear sitka gear this year and for those of you that aren't uh familiar with sitka you've probably been under a rock but anyway sitka is pretty awesome um, you know, I've been pretty much had the insulating layer, um, a down puffy, um, which was, you know, I thought I knew what good gear was before I wore Sitka, but after wearing Sitka, I'll probably never wear anything else because it was so good. Um, one thing that I had the mountain pant, which was awesome. Um, Brad doesn't like the the knee pads in it but I found you know early season archery um, as well as you know even through the snow and different things having those knee pads in I loved them early my knees sweat. yeah well I took them out in that really early season for that reason but hunting in them I hunted all the time you know usually you get your knees wet but I hardly ever did with that pant um, you know and of course we're uh, having the insulating layer of the Kelvin light hoodie I wasn't for sure which which insulation layer to go with you know I'm not a big hood guy anyways but the reason I decided on the hoodie was basically so I'd have an extra layer layer to sleep in and it's it's legit it's pretty sweet I think I've got Brad talked in taking that that way next year 
So, um, and then also having uh, the Jetstream jacket. Um, everything about it is functional. You know, totally. The, I, you know, one of the biggest fe features that I loved is the, the pit zips. Yeah. Um, you know, you can regulate your body your body temperature just you know with a, with a zipper, and it's pretty awesome. You know, pretty good. I actually, when I first got them, we had some pretty good rainstorms, so I actually went out and ran around outside in them for a while just to test, and they were actually pretty darn waterproof. Yeah. You're not going to want to be in, be in them all day. You're going to need a good waterproof layer and and different things, but for just you know core layers, it's pretty good. Also ran the core series, had the core hoodie, which I absolutely loved, the lightweight core hoodie, which and again just a a simple a simple hood that you could throw up and and uh, have on you know when it's cold or you know just wear it as a base layer or early season keep the um, the sun off. Yeah, it was a pretty awesome piece. So um, I also love the polygene, the polygene technology in it. You know we hunted. I, don't, I can't even tell you how many days, 16 plus days, and I think I washed my clothes maybe once. Um, I really didn't have to. I mean, usually you go and your clothes just reek by the time you're done, but they didn't. Yeah. So pretty pretty much awesome. You know, I, I hunted over 16 days in it from, you know, super, super hot to, geez, six inches, even more. Um, yeah. Two feet of snow that last day. I went in the high country for a meal there. So, right. pretty pretty versatile line, you know. I mean, and if you lay if we laid it out right now, it would be pretty much I pretty much brand new. I couldn't even tell you anything that was has changed, and you know, and I yeah. put some hard miles on it. So, yeah, it's good gear. I started. This is my fourth season wearing it, and. Uh, you know, I used to be one of those guys that thought it was way overpriced and would make fun of everybody that was decked out in it. Cause, but it's, you know, I used to blow through a pair of cotton or denim pants in a season. And this is year four, the same mountain pants I started with four years ago. And I wear them, I've got two pair now, but that's mostly what I wear um, are the mountain pants. And it's been, I mean, they're, you can tell they've been worn, but there's, they're not going to blow out on me anytime soon. And the cotton seems to be like you have to pack extra, I mean, cotton kills anyways. I was actually wearing a polyester, polyester type pant before, but I mean, you still have just with the smell and everything else, the function, you still have to carry two, two pairs of pants. So going lightweight, right. um, the, the high end clothing and really really makes a difference and I didn't realize what I was was missing before I started wearing it so yeah you know it lasts a long time I mean you're comfortable the biggest thing I noticed is like in the late season when you do layer up and you've got maybe like a couple of core pieces on or a core and a merino and a puffy and a and then like your jet stream or a shell or whatever is that you don't feel like you're wearing that much stuff you know, when I used to do November hunts and I'd load up on whatever I had. I feel like a marshmallow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like a little kid in a snowsuit. <laughs> like, can't walk or reach anything. But, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, Back to the in-reach, I also, so my wife came to me and when we found out that we were 
having a baby in October and you know early season so uh, rifle season here in Wyoming starts the 15th of September but we're also archery hunting on um, the 1st of September so you know pretty much September you can count on we'll be in the hills and so she's a little bit worried if she had to get a hold of me um, you know how we were going to do that so I started looking in the different options and finally uh, decided to go with the inReach the inReach has been you know just an amazing tool um, I don't know about some of you but sometimes when I go alone especially you know so many things can happen in the high country um, and it can happen so quick that you know I mean we're talking life and death here so um, just having that ability not only not only to communicate with my wife but get help it also has you know it just added that extra level of security that I knew that no matter where I was I could get help I started you know I started using it um, you do have to pay for a monthly subscription which um, the good thing is you can actually discontinue it any time um, you just have to pay another activation fee and really um, it wasn't terribly expensive uh, for a monthly fee you know it was more than I really wanted to pay but you know for the for the, so they have different things like you can get just like your your safety plan where you get you know you can call out on the SOS you know it's unlimited with that but you get 10 text messages and I think it's like 14 bucks a month the SOS is what calls search and rescue correct so they go so basically it's it's uh, you send the signal to the satellite and then their call center will actually pick it up and then communicate with um, with search and rescue or whoever you need also communicate with family you know those kind of things so basically it's it's not a satellite phone it's more just texting and really I'd almost rather text than than call out on a satellite phone because sometimes I've been with people that have had satellite phones and you get in that deep dark hole and you can't call out anyways you know I was in some pretty nasty holes I was all over trying to to get it to not send out and I couldn't find anywhere that it didn't send a message mm -hmm. so um, pretty awesome you know a, a quick text um, I actually didn't I just got it mainly for the safety aspect but I really actually quite liked it because every time we'd come back to camp you know send a quick text to my wife saying you know what we're back um, we're safe and then they don't have to worry and even even Brad's wife and another hunting buddies they were always calling mine to figure out what we were up to <laughs> another cool fe feature about the inReach is it'll actually if you set the settings it'll track you and you can put a password and a, and a login to whoever you want and they can pull it up on Google Earth in real time and actually see where you are and you know can can ping you um, versus the satellites and stuff so no matter where I was you know my wife could figure out where I was and, that. so it's pretty cool I also really liked that feature because I could turn my my tracking on and uh, you know have those have that for later reference rather than using all my my cell phone battery so the unit is actually pretty small I just put it in you know in the pocket of my sick pants and and I didn't even really know it was there until I needed it so it was really good really good um, you know you can get unlimited text messaging which is I think 60 bucks a month you'll have to check the website um, but I settled on just because I needed more text messaging I settled on the 40 which was I think 30 just right around 30, 30 a month 40 texts for 30 bucks a month so um, but next year I think where I'm not going to use it that much I'll just probably go with the safety plan
So, and the good thing is you can discontinue it. So, you know, when I was done hunting um, that night, I came home and discontinued it, and and, and they they actually didn't even charge me for October. So, you know, pretty good pretty good company to work with. I was I mean, the user interface online and everything is very very straightforward and pretty awesome. So, you know, I th I think it would pr be pretty awesome. You know, if you're having buddies even. You know, to get a hold of each other, you know, just be able to communicate if you guys are, you know, if we're hunting two big bucks and split up, we can still, you know, communicate no matter what, because we, we all know how radios work when you get in deep, dark holes, so. Yeah, or even not in a deep, dark hole. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, great. Away. I, you know, for the unit, um, it was... Uh, a little bit over 250 I think maybe around 300 for the unit but you know what it's a it's a piece of gear I'm going to be packing probably for a long time so you know just great even with the family out you know camping or backpacking or anything out with the scouts it's going to be great to have because mm -hmm. unless you don't like people getting a hold of you well, even then, you can just turn it off, and then they can't. <laughs> so, you don't hear about it when you <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> let's see. What else? What else did you, what new thing? You had everything new this year. Some stuff. <laughs> I did an optics upgrade this year. Um, same pack as last year, which you oh, yeah. got a new pack this year. Um so I, I had the uh, Exo Mountain Gear pack um, last year, and that's why I use that again this year. And uh, Billy got the new model after he coveted my pack. So <laughs> um, I stole it for a heavy lift lifting training session. I'll tell you what, those I've never had a pack, and I've been through a lot of them. Um, I've never had one that that carries weight like the Exo does. It's just so ergonomic and it's so functional that, I mean, just everything is so thought well thought out and it just keeps the weight right where you want it. I mean, you can load it with 60 pounds and really it feels like 25 like my old packs used to right. be. So. Well, it's made for the, I mean, Steve and Lenny, the owners of Exo Mountain Gear, they, you know, their hunting style is very similar to ours. So they really thought, you know, they built that as a functional piece for them for their hunting style, which fits a lot of us, you know, maybe don't use a horse very often. Um, you know, we're packing everything in and out on our backs. We want the versatility to carry our gear, but with the ability to carry a 130 pound load out if we have to. And uh, it does a good job at what it's designed to do. And they just updated it. They put in a, the new K2 frame, which I've been super impressed with. It actually, it actually pivots with you as you walk, which, I, I mean, I didn't think that was really that big of a deal, but, I mean, carrying heavy loads, yeah. it's, been, it's been awesome. You know, and, oh, another thing that I hated is on the other packs that I've had and have tested, a lot of times you're putting meat inside the pack, you know, to keep it close. Either that or you strap it on the outside, but then you're top heavy. The thing about the EXO is it just, I mean, you can strap that meat right on the frame and then put your bag over it. So it's its right where you want it to be. The, the weight and the load distribution is just, just perfect. Um, you know, everything. There, there really isn't a thing that I would change about it, and I'm pretty picky when it comes to packs. So. Yeah, I think I've, I've packed four deer out 
this year and a whole antelope. Well, no doubt, but that was only like 400 yards, but no, it's, I don't know. I've got two deer and then half an elk in it, so it's pretty awesome. But, and, and there's other, I mean, there's other packs out there too. I mean, your Mystery Ranch and your Stone Glacier, you know, more high end. But even so, I've been super impressed with some of these. I really stock that, that Brad's had in here in the mm-hmm. in the shop, just because they're they're getting more functional. So right. And one well, of our buddies actually is is carrying the Everly stock, isn't he? Isn't that what Tyson's using? Yeah, I think he's so. got the F two, the F one and the F two, the mainframe and the transformer pack which that's my if I was going to use an Everly stock I'd do that one hands down just because it's it's sort of the same um what's the word same idea setup same setup where you have a frame the thing I like about that Everly stock is that it does have a like a rigid L-shaped frame so you pack an elk sheds out it's nice because you just put the burrs down on that frame on the shelf and they don't go anywhere I mean, you could put a bear bait barrel on it. You could do whatever you wanted. With the XO, it would be a little bit tricky to do it. Yeah. Um, and then you have the transformer pack. That on that on that series, it actually zips on. But yeah, I mean, it attaches. It. I mean, you. There's a lot of companies out there making a similar pack. So it's. But I think, for what I do, for the way that we hunt, it's the way to go. You know, you want to have a frame that detaches from the bag somehow, so you can put the meat. As close to your body as you can, and then put your gear on the outside. Um, and it's, I mean, you look at the Black's Creek, like the alternative, that's a nice pack. Um, the Everly stock we were just talking about, Mystery Ranch, um, like the Metcalf, the similar to that. They're on that nice frame. Um, and so, I mean, there's a, a Stone Glacier, similar, even you with their um, icons is similar with carbon fiber framing. You can remove the bags and interchange the bags. So there's, there's a lot of options out there. It's just kind of finding the one that f- fits the best for you, and price is always an issue. Um, you can arrange that Everly stock's probably the cheapest one, uh, and you're going to be, what, like almost 400 into it, and then on up, you'll pay what? six or seven for some of the high-end stuff with accessories but well, i tried to go the cheap route and it's not very f- fun hauling deer out or camp with a heavy load i mean yeah. you can get away with a day pack or you know even even camp sometimes but right. you're hauling me and camp it's it's well worth the money and a lot of times these these higher end packs they're doing you know yeah. they're doing they, they do it all so oh, yeah, the, the full curl system from horn hunter that's another pretty economical option to go with that's versatile like that with the frame and the removable bag and they make that in a few different sizes the biggest size is kind of giant but some guys like to have 7,000 cubic inches I don't me either <laughs> so but yeah then I uh, optics upgrade I've been using the vortex razor the mini one the 50 millimeter it's been awesome I wanted something that I could reach out just a little bit further with, and so I decided to go with that uh, the newer Zeiss Dialyte, the 18 to I think it's 18 to 45 power. Um, I've loved it; it's been awesome. There it looks like a kind of like a 
pirate scope. That's what I always say. I'm bringing my pirate scope, but um, they're light. They weigh about 42 ounces. I think they advertise them at 40, but mine would weigh just a little bit more than that with the lens covers on it, which is really light. Like you go to a comparable model and you're going to be, you know, a lot, some of them are a pound more. Some of them are, you know, most of them are at least a half pound heavier. And it's, it's a straight um, body. The focus is out on the end, which takes a little bit of getting used to. And the eyepiece isn't a twist-up eyepiece, so for digiscoping it takes a little bit of getting used to, but it, it works great. Like, I've loved it. Uh, when I updated my spotter, I also updated my tripod um, using the Slick, the CF624, which is the one that is like a sitting version, kind of carbon fiber. It's been great. I put a ball head on it that's really lightweight. It's uh, you can set tension on, so you, you don't have it's either most ball heads are kind of on or off, like you, they're either tight or they're super loose. This one you've kind of got a in between, so you can set it where there's enough friction to hold your scope, but you can reach up and move it. Um, but that's been awesome. What else? Oh, binoculars. Uh, I went back to a 10 by 42 this year, I've been using a 10 by 50, and I and I tried those new um, Trina vids. It, like a redesign the Trina vid. They put a new uh, facility in Portugal and they're making them out of there. So they actually lowered the price a little bit. But they've been great. And then with the Leicas, they don't have a center post. So that's, I changed more stuff because of that. I had to get a different tripod adapter. So I'd be using the Leica tripod adapter, which is a little bit more expensive. but. I really, really like it, actually. It's kind of bulky, and I didn't know if I would like it, but it's pretty sweet. It's just got a rubber little, like, strap that pulls up over the top and locks it in. But once it's locked in, it doesn't move anywhere. Like some of the other ones that I've used, like the Vortex unit adapter that I was using before, it's great, super light, but it did wiggle a little bit. Like, I'd get everything set up, and it wanted to just, I mean, just a little bit of rotation. Or is vinyl slide or rock. Right, bit, which I've had trouble with. And it doesn't, the unit adapter doesn't lock all the way in, so you go to grab your tripod mm -hmm. and it has potential to fall off, which, you know, it's not fun to drop your binoculars on the ground. <laughs> and uh, because I updated my optics, I got the new phone scope, which functions, I mean, just the one that matches my spotter. Um, I don't know what else. Oh, tent. I updated my tent sleeping bag this year, too. I've been using uh, really lightweight. It was a bivy that was nice, but it couldn't sit up all the way in it, which is hard when you're stuck in your tent for a few hours, like if the weather's nasty or whatever. So I switched over to the Hilleberg, the Enon, uh, which is a one-person. Um, it's been awesome. It's really light, but pretty bomb proof like I we got in some pretty nasty weather it held up really well and the vestibule is big enough to fit all my stuff in it then I went with a big Agnes uh, system bag which I didn't know if I was gonna like that it's one of those where your pad slides in underneath it it's uninsulated on the bottom and uh, it's what was it Fishhawk 30 I think is the model that I went with 
but I really liked it actually. Your pad stays put, you never roll off it. It's got a little bit bigger toe box because I'm claustrophobic in mummy bags. So I can roll around in there. In the sleeping bag. The cool thing about the Hillenberg though, it's like a tent inside of a tent. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a bathtub floor. And you can take them apart if you want to go ultra lightweight. But I, I remove like my extra poles and some of the stakes that I don't use. And I'm like two pounds, three ounces, I think, on that. Which it's not the lightest tent in the world, but you go with anything that's much lighter, and you, know, you kind of feel like you're sleeping in a mosquito net. Like Especially with that tent, it because it is a tent inside of a tent, and it ventilates really well. Like you don't get any condensation, <coughs> and uh, no, it's awesome. Like Hillebergs are expensive for sure, but it's just like worth anything it. else. <laughs> Buy once, and you don't have to buy it again. <laughs> And then, other than that, rifle scope. I did put a new rifle scope on my short mag, the Leupold VX3i, which <coughs> I got the 40 millimeter objective. It's got a 30 mil tube. Uh, it's this custom dial system with the side focus. And I've been pretty impressed with it for the price. I think they're pretty killer. I mean, I made a shot on the Idaho bucket, 713 yards. Um, and it tracks really well for me. It's been good. But other than that, that's pretty much all my gear. But I don't know what else I up upgraded this year. Sawyer Mini. I've had one of those for a little for longer than a year, but I carried it exclusively this year. And I like it. It's light. It doesn't pump as fast as like your pumps, like your your Hiker Pro from Catadyne or something like that, but it weighs two ounces. And then I'll use a platypus bags. I usually carry three two-liter bags, and then I dirty one, and I just I just squeeze squeeze through and push the water out into the other ones. That's one thing that, that we found good. this year is the the little bag that the the mini that comes with the mini. Um, usually one of us would pack. I usually pack it anyways and just have it because. I don't pack a lot of water, and when we go into these basins, I know where the water is, so I only pack enough to get in there and then filter, even on day hunts is what I was doing, so I pack my mini anyways, but filtering a lot of water, it took us forever, but uh, we found with one of those platypus and dirtying one of those, one of us would just take it in, and we cut it down in at least half with, you know, just filling up. It still takes a while. One night we went in... And what did we do? 12 liters or something? It took us like an hour. It was an hour. Yeah. Which with the filter, it would have been probably half 15 that. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, you're talking, even even my Hiker Pro that I carried last year, I mean, it's over a pound. So um, two ounces versus a pound. 14 ounces, I think the new yeah. ones are. Still. But, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to save weight, it's hard to beat the mini. Um, obviously we didn't get Giardia or anything, so, um, it worked, it worked well. Yeah. Um, so That's, just having it, throw it in your pack, even, I mean, two ounces, it's mm-hmm. worth having and it for me. And they're cheap, I mean, you're 25 bucks into them, they'll do 100,000 gallons of water, like, as a backup, even if you're carrying a filter or something, like, it's not a bad idea to just carry one. That's something that I do want to kind of look into in the off-season is 
the mini versus Sawyer squeeze system. Um, the squeeze system isn't quite as versatile as the mini, but if I'm carrying platypus bags and squeeze it through, I think the flow rate's a little higher on those. And I'm, so I'm gonna I'm pick one of those up and just see how much faster it is. Because if it's a lot faster, I think I'll switch over and carry that. The nice thing about the mini is that you can use it as a life straw. And you can, if you use a bladder, you can just cut the hose and stick it right in line. Yeah. Um, it'll gravity feed too. Which a lot of the other guys, high country, back country hunters, that's what they're doing. They're just dirtying bags and then putting the, the mini in, and then you wouldn't have to yeah, squeeze yeah. it. So that kind of solves that problem. Now, some guys are using the squeeze filter with the, they'll run a hose out of one mm -hmm. and put the squeeze filter in line. And I think you get a little bit better flow rate out of it. So that's what I'll, I'll look into that. I'll let you guys know how that goes. Then I usually carry like some tablets just in case my filter breaks or something. But the downside about tablets is you've almost always got wait periods, like at least 30 minutes of them or four hours. So they're really light, but if you need water on demand, you're not going to get it with a tablet. And sometimes they don't, depending on where they are. They're getting better, but I've had some that have been just yeah, terrible. You can't even, can't even gag it down. So, yeah. so Brad, if you had one, if you had one thing that was under a hundred dollars that you had to have in your pack, probably my Onyx Maps app, the app. So I, I have the chips and I put them in my um, GPS. But this year I quit carrying my GPS and just kind of trying to go to multi-function items if I can and I have my phone obviously with me all the time and so I started carrying like a one of the Poseidon the dark energy Poseidon chargers to power my phone rather than a GPS and then uh, using the Onyx Maps the uh, mobile app and uh, you kind of got to think ahead. If you, if you don't think ahead, it still acts like just a regular GPS without a map. But if you plan ahead and know where you're going, you can cache your base map and everything. So you go in there. It's like having a high-end GPS on your phone. I mean, you can take, you can set waypoints as, as photos. Like, I love going into, like, an elk wallow, and I'll take a picture of it. That way I can go back through and be like, oh, that's, you know, I know what that one, remember what it looks like. And I'll think about where I can place cameras or where I, can, where I can approach it during the season. But, yeah, and then, like, on my antelope hunt, you know, it was, you're over there um, in all this sort of, like, BLM blocks and checkerboards and whatever else, you know, and you're trying to figure out what's private and what isn't. And it's a huge lifesaver over there. Like, you'll find areas that look private that aren't or areas that aren't, you know, that look public that aren't. And so you know, I just had it on, like we went over there with, I was over there with, with my dad and we just, I just turned that on all day and, you know, there's just roads kind of going all over. So you'd see a bunch of antelope and they're so skittish this time of year. These, honestly, the easiest way to approach them is to just drive up on them, you know, like you get out and start walking and they take off. So I could load that in, load the aerial map, and find these other two tracks on that BLM that we could just jump over and grab, and it was it was awesome. But that's that they run like thirty bucks a month. They've got the new elite membership they just barely came out with. Um, it gives you every state, which used to be thirty bucks a year per state. The elite's a hundred dollars a year.
for you get every state. So if you're hunting more than one state, it's worth it. Or if they also do a monthly subscription plan on the elite membership. So like if you only want it for like, say you're going to go do a Colorado hunt and you want it over there, you can pay 15 bucks and have it just for that month and then cancel, you know, and then then I mean, that's not very much money to have all that information right at your fingertips. It also gives the landowners on it too, doesn't it? Yeah. It'll show you landowner names. Um, and then, I mean, it's, it's like, it's all public information that's on that, right? Like you could go to your county office and get your plat maps and all that kind of stuff, but it's just so easy to use because they put it all in one place and they'll have like guzzlers in desert areas where like Arizona, they'll have that, that information, water sources, they have really good trail maps, road maps, unit boundaries. This year, I mean, they've got historical fire data on there. So if there's been a fire, like you can look that up. They do um, weather now, which I haven't used that a lot yet, but um, what else? You can also get that on real time through inReach too. Yeah. This will actually plot it on the map. Oh, well, that's yeah. cool. And then, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, they, had, they added the Boone and Crockett historical information on it, too. So for scouting purposes, like, put it on your tablet, like your iPad or whatever, right? And then you have a bigger screen. Or they just released a new computer, like a, it's almost like Google Earth, without the 3D view, right? That's one thing. That would be cool if they had, but then you can jump in and look at that. For scouting, you can look at, I mean, it's kind of by county, but you can see, like, historically where, like, Boone and Crockett trophies has come out of and all that kind of stuff. So it's been an awesome tool. If you haven't tried it, try it. They, they do offer, like, a seven-day free trial, so you can just jump in. You can go to your mobile app store, um, or we sell them at the shop, You can, or you can go to their website and uh, sign up. And you can just pick your state and you have it free for a week. I mean, really, if you're going to go on a hunt and want to try it, you can for a week. See if you like it. If it's something that's useful, then you can buy it. If not, then use whatever you were using. But, yeah, under 100 bucks. If you're looking for a Christmas present, that's a good thing to go with. And I, I use a little bit different app, but like when he's talking about waypoints, sometimes when you set all those waypoints, it can be totally confusing. So I love having pictures, and so you know exactly which wallow it is or which buck bed. We've even started keeping track of the, the beds we find deer in, and, you know, patterns, you know, just so you know for next year, and we'll get into that in a minute, but, you know, spending so much time you know, kind of know where the animals are. It even helps so we can set trail cameras and not be, have to be out there watching. But you can keep all that right. information, you know, and that all is, you know, can be from your smartphone that you're going to take anyways. Yeah. So. And then it'll, you can put it on, I think you buy a membership, you can use two <laughs> devices. So, like, I have it on my tablet and my phone. And then there's the new computer app. And they all sync together. So, like, if I take it, my phone out, and at a waterway point, like say I'm in scouting some basin and I find a water source, which can be really hard to come by in this country, I'll mark it on there, I'll come home, and it's synced across onto the other platforms. So 
I can just jump on the other one and all my data is there. See, that's better than yeah. mine. I just updated my phone and I'm going to have to go right. in and manually put it in. Which yeah. Will. No, it's good though. What about you? Under 100 bucks. So, Hivax, I'm going to I'm gonna say two. I started using, I used to make fun of people that use trick pulls. Oh, yeah. And uh, that has been a lifesaver. You know, I used to count ounces and cut the ends of toothbrushes off or not even bring a toothbrush because it's, you know, 0.3 ounces or whatever. Um, but taking those trek poles, not only when you're going up, a lot of times what we're doing is putting, you know, you have camp on your back, especially rifle season, you know, we're putting, we're going in quite a way. So, I mean, we're talking miles. And so, you know, putting everything on your back and then and actually doing you know, using the trek poles. So there's not a lot, not a lot of research. I've been looking into the research a little bit. Um, there's one study out there, and it's a little bit of anecdotal evidence, but, it, you know, it's pretty after using them for a year. And I've used them before, but all year I love them. Um, you know, the studies are saying, you know, they take up to 30% of your body weight, you know, off your legs. So when you're climbing, that's that's a lot. And I've also noticed... You know, just safety aspect, not only when you're going up, I mean, you're 30% less on your legs going up, but coming down, it just gives you that extra anchor point, especially when you're heavy, coming out heavy. It's uh, it's pretty it's pretty awesome because coming through that steep, rocky, cliffy country that we're hunting in, you know, it can be dangerous one false step, especially with that much weight, you can be in trouble in a hurry. So just having those, even, I mean, we've even had them where one of us had the pulls in the pack and throw it, you know, just one pull, you know, just to get down a little technical terrain or different things. It's made a huge difference. So if you haven't used trekking poles or you're one of those guys that make fun of guys that use trekking poles, try them because I don't think, I don't think very many people will go back. I'm never going to. I'll always have them in my pack. So yeah, I love them. And if you want to go super cheap, like, like I use a classical carbon fiber pole, uh, I mean, they're not expensive ones, but I think they were 60 bucks or something online. But, I mean, you could go to go to this thrift store and get, like, an old pair of ski poles, and they'd work. You yeah. Know? And you'd probably get into those for five bucks. So, so anyway. And another another thing, I'm going to go over a little bit of 100 bucks, but the digiscoping has kind of changed the way that I, that I hunt. Um you know, phone scope, there's a bunch of different other brands. I know Time's Up has one scope cam adapter and there's a there's a few on the market. I still think that phone scope's probably, you know, one of the, the one of the better ones, which that's what I'm looking to upgrade to is actually the phone scope. Um, just because it's so much quicker. I mean you can just uh, finding a buck from my adapter now to how fast Brad can get him in get him on and get uh, you know, video of him you know, you're probably half the time that I am. So mm-hmm. um, it's pretty awesome, especially when that, that, that time matters. You know, I use it from everything from long-range shooting. I've actually started recording all my shots, um, you know, hitting rocks, practicing, whatever. Um, I really don't watch in the spotter anymore. I watch through my phone because I can even get more magnification and, and right. slow-mo it down so that you can really tell. Exa- I mean, you're 800 yards and you're you're shooting a 10-inch rock and you know exactly where you're hitting in pretty much a group. I used to drag a target out there and do that, but, I mean, with the phone scope, you can pretty much do it on a rock. Right. <laughs> so, and also, you know, another thing is just categorizing animals. Um, 
you know, just taking, I used to only t take video of, you know, big bucks or, you know, things that I wanted to remember, but even having, you know, there's, I'm just recently going through my, you know, some of my scouting footage and stuff, and there's things on that, that video that, that I missed, um, you know, deer that, you know, we need to look into next year that are, have, you know, trophy potential, and a lot of times what I'm finding is when I, you know, as you look at a deer or different things, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm bad field judging them. You can pretty much tell when you have a big buck, but a lot of times I miss stuff there in the moment because you have emotions going or, you know, you're tired, you just put a long haul up and you got that, you know, you see that flash, so you get get that video of that deer, but, um, you know, just going back and reviewing that, it, it's, a, it's, it's a wealth of information. I mean, I've watched some of these deer over and over and over, and you can actually, even though you take, you know, a 20-second clip, you can start to really pattern them and, you know, kind of figure out why they do what they do. So just a quick story. I actually, so I thought I'd never seen Brad's buck, but I was reviewing some video, and he's actually on some of my scouting footage that he was standing behind two little bucks that I was actually videoing. He was, you know, 25 yards behind him, but I had no clue he was there, and I, you know, actually found it. So that's one thing that I found. I've got to be more vigilant. I've got to review, you know, mm -hmm. I've got to review it all, not just, you know, the big ones, because we all know that we miss big deer. I mean, they're notorious for just being sneaky. And, yeah. you know, sometimes if you can get them on video, even with the little bucks, you know, that gives you just another another thing so I use it all the time yeah so I don't I think if you if you don't have an adapter to to film I think it I think that's one of the oh, yeah. biggest things that yeah, I mean it, that's been a game changer for me the last two years well and make sure your buddy has one too because like well, oftentimes we hunt with somebody else right and like say so I I use my phone scope a lot for two things one is scouting, and so I'll take footage of deer. When I'm scouting, it's usually like bucks that I maybe want to hunt. I usually don't get them all because I'm trying to cover a lot of country and see a lot of deer. And so I'll just have my, often just have my tripod and my spotter just in my hand, and I'll run around and I'll set up and just, as soon as I see him and see that he's a potential shooter or, you know, kind of that age class or whatever. He's got something funky going on. I'll throw that on and just hit record, and then I'll just watch him through the viewfinder. And then I just leave it on him long enough for him to turn around a little bit, and then, then I'm off to the next buck. You know, another thing that I've done is actually, so you hook it on your spotter, and I've just, because you're always, especially scouting, I'm always thinking, you know, there's got to be a big buck here somewhere. This one's a good deer, but... I'm going to miss the big buck because you can't watch everything. So I'll set my phone scope on him and just let it go. Oh, yeah. And I'll be out glassing for other, other deer, and I can either review it in my tent that night or review yeah. it, you know, when we come home. And so you can cover, you know, basically right. kill two birds gives with you, one stone. Gives you two eyes, so. two sets of eyes. And then the other time I use it is in the field, like during the hunts. Like if I find a deer and there's nothing else going on and we're not going to shoot him, I'll usually set up and, I mean, if he's anything bigger than, like, a three-year-old deer. I mean, and even some of the three-year-olds that are kind of big. They're kind of fun to watch, there. though. And then, uh, 
But if somebody's going to make a shot, like, that's when... Oh, it's imperative. That's when you want your buddy to either know how to use yours or have his own. Because you, if you see a buck and want to get on it and shoot it, yeah, it's sometimes you don't have time to do it all yourself. But if your buddy sets it up and you do it, then then you can shoot and come back and look at it, you know, and and then uh, then you know for sure. If you yeah, and if you set up, so most rifles have a right twist. Um, some of them don't, but you can usually look it up on your rifle. If you set your spotter with your phone scope up on a right twist barrel to the right of you, you're going to be more likely to get your vapor trail. So. You want to set up behind the shooter, so your muzzle blast isn't going to affect your, you know, your um, your scope and knock it out of whack or whatever. But then when when you shoot, you can with a good vapor trail, you can see your impacts. You know what I found that, sure. and I found that to be true. I mean, everything you said is right, but also I record it in slow mo. Yeah. So if you record it in slow mo, very rarely do I not see the vapor trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Just quick story, I missed a heck of a deer last year. Didn't have time, I was all alone. Didn't have time to set my, my adapter up. That's one reason I'm going for a phone scope, because it's quicker. Um, but I made a, made a shot on this deer and, and I missed. And you know, I hiked up there, but still to this day I have nightmares that I hit that deer. And you know what, I'm 98% sure I didn't hit him, but right. there's still that chance that I did. If I would have had that shot recorded, um, I would have, I right. would have known for sure, and um, probably it saved me a trip up a nasty hike in the dark. But there's no way that I was gonna not go up there and check for blood. Yeah. So, um, you know, so all especially, I mean, you're, we're, I mean, any shot under 300 yards, I probably wouldn't worry about it. But anything over that, I won't take the shot unless we've got right. a record. Well, if you've got time, you know, even if they're. Most of the time, when you're out that far, you do. Yeah. But I mean, no, if you've you got a buddy, well you've got a buddy. You get your rifle ready, but your buddy's getting phone scope. It works pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's fun to watch when you knock them down at that range too. Yeah. Um, I mean, like that buck I shot on the invasion this year. As soon as we were done shooting, he he was still on his feet, and he walked behind the trees. You know, I thought he was hit, but with the, I mean, you just, it, you can't tell a lot of times. Not just looking through your scope. Yeah, I mean, the recoil throws you off. I mean, he jumped, kicked his legs, it looked like he was hit. But we went and looked at, you know, just right then I jumped right to my phone, pulled it back, and watched, you know, I watched one just hit him right in the boiler room. So I knew he was, if he was still alive, he was hurting really bad, you know. And that's another thing. I mean, you hit him in the leg. You know, you better get there quick. Right. You shoot them in the guts, you better pull out. I mean, it right. just helps you know what to do and helps you give you information of, you know, do I need to do I need to be a little bit aggressive with with this shot or do I need to pull back and say, I'm not, I'm coming back tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but that way you can have that information because in the moment with your adrenaline and, you know, I mean, I oh, still... Yeah. How many, how many animals, you know, have we taken yet? I still, when I sit behind that rifle scope and look through them through the scope, I still get excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. No, that's a good one. I, I always have mine with me. And uh, I've been using it a lot for the last two. This year it'll be fun to go back into some of those areas that we've hunted in the last two years. 
and see if we can find some of those up-and-comer bucks. I mean, like, there was some cool bucks this year that Billy and I watched on our early, well, during the archery season and the rifle season that it'll be fun to see what they turn into. Yeah. And, you know, that way we can pull them up. I mean, you can, we'll have the information, you know, depending yeah. on how big, throw a throw an SD card in there with that information, you can pull it up and look at it last year, you know, mm-hmm. and see, you know, cape markings and different things to see if it is the same deer. It just gives us more information. To yeah. More information is always a good thing. Especially when you're hunting big deer. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to touch on as far as gear goes? Anything you used this, tried this year that you didn't like? Um... I'll save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> you usually do a lot of homework. I, I do. I do too, and I, I've liked pretty much everything this year. There's it's, a couple of things I used last year that I didn't like. I found that I quit using a bipod this year. I had one on my gun last year, and I did use it to kill my buck last year. But I didn't like the front heavy. I didn't like the weight of it. You know, and I've gone back and forth. They've got some awesome, awesome lightweight options, but you're going to pay for them now. But still, I don't know. I just, I still, I have a long-range gun. I mean, I made a shot on a, I had four hours or half a day to get a, to get an elk, and my little brothers needed some meat, and we needed to fill the freezer. So I actually shot that cow at 626 yards. Um, And I still just shoot off a backpack with a, you know, with with something under the buttstock. So, right. I think I think as long as you practice with your equipment and you're familiar with it, whether I mean, there's a lot of guys running bipods. I right. don't really want to pack the weight. <laughs> so, right. um, well, and there might be an option out there that I'll discover next year that I love. I mean, just that's just something that I switched away from last year. I mean, it's kind of a game of learning what works for you, and everyone's different. I mean, they have they have bipods now, though. I was just looking at them. They have ultralight. There's a neopod, and I think it's like just under five ounces. And it's got a quick detach system. It's awesome, but it's also running about four hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to that that comes into play too is the money, the money yeah. wise, and it's working now. So I don't have any plans of changing it. But like you say, who knows? Right. <laughs> yeah, but other than that. I mean, I think water filtration, that's something I'll look into a little bit more. Not that I was disappointed with it, but I just feel like there's probably a better option out there. I really looked into the nutrition aspect this year. I've always just kind of thrown everything together, you know. I mean, I always thought sugars were the way to go. But, um, and of course, I knew that was wrong, but, you know, you you know, but you still pack that hostess donut <laughs> or the Mountain Dew in Brad's case um, it's my performance energy drink <laughs> so I looked into that and of course you can get into paleo stuff and you can find some things that are not very good um, and that's one thing that I learned I tried to go you know super calorie rich super good for you different things I learned very quickly I think it was after that first hunt and I ate half of your food. <laughs> that, All my Snickers were gone. <laughs> that I didn't really want that. So I'm going to be looking at changing that, you know, just upgrading. I think I've got it better than I did before the season, but you know, just being able to sustain yourself for that long. And, you know, my body type, I've got to have a lot of calories, and I burn a ton. I mean, on these, 
I mean, I just shed the weight and I don't have the weight to lose. So it's super important for me, other guys that may not be, but just to be able to hunt and go as hard as we do, we've got to be able to have that fuel. So, um, you know, one yeah. product that I really liked is the Wilderness Athlete, Wilderness Athlete Hydrate and Recover. Even though it's, uh, we call it, camel piss but <laughs> you know what I've really noticed even though I have to gag it down I've, I've noticed if I dilute it it's a lot better but I tried some other things that I read in the backpacker magazine and Brad's sitting here <laughs> laughing because it, it, they weren't very good but uh, um, you know that's that one thing is though if you're dehydrated and yeah. you, you take that stuff I notice a huge difference I can keep going where before I was I was done so you know, sometimes that's what you need. I didn't think the flavor was bad. It just looks like someone urinated in a bottle. <laughs> Especially because Billy adds whatever. What is that that you're adding to Chia it? seeds, actually. Yeah. So I, that's one thing. You know, and I don't mind it. It gives you a little bit more calories. Um, but the, it's supposed to be like, it's supposed to help you hydrate better because it's a slow release. And, you know, I really didn't notice too big a difference but just the flavor and just the texture yeah it wasn't the greatest well that first time when I didn't dilute it very good it was gross but <laughs> that was mostly my fault <laughs> the new one I'm just started trying is from uh, warrior fuel supplements it's they're they're coming out with a new line of like endurance sort of products that are more I mean, I don't think they're going to say for the hunter, but they are, you know, and uh, so they make that refuel and um, actually the owner of Warrior Fuel Supplements came up and participated in the invasion hunt this year and, and he brought some up with him and we, we tried it while we were on the hunt and uh, it seems to work pretty good. I mean, Did I just got to try it more. I mean, I'm thirsty and I drink water and I get rehydrated but this seemed to do a quicker job of it that's what i found too and he and they try to kind of focus on you know a little bit of nerve stimulants and brain stimulants and then you know electrolytes and some stuff like that for your body to recover quickly so i i want to try it on a backcountry hunt because we weren't in the backcountry we were coming back every night and staying in a hotel and eating a big dinner and having time to rehydrate whereas in the backcountry you're off and back to the tent, you're dead tired, you eat whatever you've got, and then you hit the Well, water sack. is just, water is gold in the high country. Right. You can never pack enough water, and it's so dense and heavy yeah. that, gosh, that's one thing. That's for another podcast, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's, you talk about gear. I mean, we'll do podcasts next year at the same time, and we'll have a whole bunch of stuff that we've probably changed. I've got a whole list that I'm going to be changing for next year. So it's a, it's constantly revolving as different yeah. products come out. And yep. And we'll start using a lot of other things, um, like trail cameras and uh, some things that can kind of save some leg work. And we'll be experimenting with that, too. It's so. one thing I, I didn't, you know, I've always wondered how you use trail cameras for high country mule deer. You know, elk, I've used them for elk with pretty good success before, yeah. um, early season archery. But, uh, gosh, 
I just never could get the big bucks. But we've got some ideas this year, and especially putting boots on the ground, spending as much time and learning the, their patterns. I think we can pretty much scout these areas with trail cams next year. Yeah. So hopefully, we'll see. I thought, I I mean I've tried it before with little success too, but I think next year will be a we'll go into it a little bit heavier than I have before it was kind of like oh there's a deer I'm going to put a camera here but we'll use multiple cameras in a basin and try some different placement try some different times of year and hopefully we can use them to paint a pretty good picture of what bucks are in the area their schedules and all that kind of stuff and we'll probably spend some time in there watching with the spotters but you know that'll also free up time so that we can go scout somewhere else in the new area which I think I mean that's key. You've got you know some of these trophy mule deer. They only they should only show up and I mean one of these basins will have one one year and not have one the next. So right. depending on if that buck's killed or not or you know dies on the winter range or whatever. So just having you know some core multiple core areas that you know what's going on will really increase your success. Yeah, for sure. Well, alrighty, we'll we'll call this one a wrap. Um, once again, this was episode two of the Hunt the High Country podcast, brought to you by AltitudeOutdoors.com. I'm Brad Carter, with uh, Billy Kennington here as co-host, and uh, we will talk to you again in episode three. You're listening to the Hunt the High Country podcast. Brought to you by AltitudeOutdoors.com.